0: Democrats and Republicans in the Senate have negotiated a deal on gun legislation, not gun control legislation, as I'm going to explain. But they have 10 Republicans on board this bipartisan piece of legislation or at least bipartisan agreement in the Senate. So that could be a very big deal. Obviously, they need 10 Republicans in order to pass any kind of gun legislation. But prepare to be shocked in a good way because I believe that a lot of Democrats are actually going to possibly sabotage this bill. Even though they have the 10 Republicans, they need all 50 Democrats. I think there are going to be some Democrats who say this bill doesn't go far enough on gun control. I've gone through it. So I will bring you all those details coming up. We've got a lot of news out of Iran. Terrorists keep mysteriously dying in Iran. I mean, those they're just so unlucky. Those Iranian terrorists are just so unlucky. We've got one falling off of a roof. We'll explain all the details. Plus... The UN is holding a forum on nuclear disarmament and you will not believe which country is leading the UN forum on nuclear disarmament. All of that's coming up. According to a new poll, most voters believe that Joe Biden is intentionally causing gas prices to surge, intentionally creating this inflation and these out-of-control gas prices. We've been telling you this forever and now, according to a new poll – most voters, most Americans agree that it's a, it's all about the environment. It's all about the so Biden radical agenda to eliminate fossil fuels. Literally, this is according to the, Traf, the Trafalgar Group. This is a new poll from the Trafalgar Group. More than half of voters, 53% of voters, believe that Biden is intentionally allowing gas prices to surge out of control in order to to make Americans use less fossil fuels, less gas, less gas being used, fewer cars that are being used that burn actual fuel, more of a push to buy electric vehicles. And by the way, just over 39% say that they do not believe it. So that's a huge gap there. 53% believe that Biden is intentionally bringing about inflation for, for, for his own climate agenda. Now, I'll tell you a little secret. Biden admitted it. We played you the clip several weeks ago where Biden said that these high gas prices, they are a transition. He said this is a time of transition. So he was literally telling us that he doesn't view this as a crisis. He doesn't view this as a bad thing. He views this as a time to transition off of fossil fuels. So why would we not believe that that was the master plan all along? I mean, anybody could—you know who knew anything about the economy could see inflation coming a mile away. Um, meanwhile, Biden said last week that he is opposed to arming teachers in schools. Why would you oppose arming teachers in schools? I'm not saying you give every th- hey, Here's a gun. Hey, you're a teacher. Congratulations. Here's your weapon. <laughs> that wouldn't go well. You can't. Ch- I mean, what happens if like the class gets out of control? What if a student misbehaves and suddenly every teacher has a gun? Obviously, nobody's nobody's suggesting that. But why can you not give a teacher a teacher that has military training, you know, a teacher that's actually been in the army in the marines? I'm sure there are tens of thousands of teachers, or you know, or a teacher that actually has a, a license to carry a concealed weapon or, or whatever. Obviously, you need to train them. But like, what's the downside? Number one, what's the downside of just having armed guards in every single school? And you tell me, well, it costs a fortune. Okay, I understand that. But like, isn't that like really like more important? We send like billions of dollars to all these foreign countries, to Ukraine, obviously, to Guatemala, El Salvador. I think Kamala Harris just sent two billion dollars to South America, Central America, which she claims that's going to help deal with the border crisis. It's not it's just going to go into the hands of the corrupt governments and the drug cartels. But either way. Can't we take those billions that we waste and spend it on the kids? But either way, as far as arming teachers, Biden, he said, quote, he said he was speaking to a group of Democrat supporters last week. He said, quote, the idea that we're going to provide uh, teachers with guns in classrooms, there's a reason the military takes so long to train somebody. It's not easy to pick up a rifle or a gun and to blow somebody's brains out. So Biden essentially saying he opposes giving guns to teachers because it takes a lot of training. Well, being a teacher also should take a lot of training. They undergo the training. You don't just stick them in, in a classroom without having studied for years and years. So, like, what's the big deal? They have to pass a certain course. They get a certain certification, a certain license, and they have a gun. Isn't it better than the the current situation? There's nobody protecting these kids. So, at least this way. I mean, as long as the teacher, like I said, is a reliable, trustworthy gun owner. You know, somebody that actually underwent the proper training. I, I literally don't see the downside. New York City Mayor Eric Adams, get this. You cannot make this stuff up. New York City Mayor Eric Adams testified in Congress about gun violence, and here's the problem. He testified in Congress, but it, it wasn't about it, it, it it's about like how to deal with the rampant you know, out of control surge in, in violence and gun violence and shootings, right? Well, number one, Eric Adams is the last person on the planet who, this is like asking, like, the people at the Wuhan lab, you know, how do we deal with a pandemic? How should we prevent the next pandemic? Like, this is literally Eric Adams. He's like, his city, New York City, is out of control when it comes to gun violence. And yeah, it started with the Blasio, but it's actually gotten worse under Eric Adams. And he's doing pitifully little to stop it. And, uh, the, you know, he doesn't believe in stop and frisk. And yes, he restored like the anti-gun unit, but it, it's not doing a fraction. They're not catching a fraction of the illegal guns that they used to be catching. Anyway, the point is the whole thing was just a sham. They brought, they brought him there because they want him to say, which he said, which is you need to get guns off the tree, streets. They, they, they wanted Adams to say, you know, like a good Democrat soldier, well, you need to uh, outlaw guns. You need to ban guns. You need more. You need more gun control legislation. Well, how about cleaning up the streets? How about keeping criminals in jail? You've got the the no-cash bail in New York. Now, Adams says he's against that. He says he wants to keep criminals locked up, and it's the state's fault. But he's not making a big deal out of it. I think that if he you know, was really, really ranting and raving every day, holding press conferences, putting the pressure on Governor Hochul and on the state legislature in New York, I think, Adams, that would make a very big impression, impact. He's not talking about it. And gun control, gun violence is totally out of control in New York. It's the criminals. They know who the criminals are. They're By the way, in New York City, they have the toughest gun laws in the country, basically. Second toughest. And all these shootings, they're happening with illegal guns. So it shows you how much gun control legislation accomplishes in New York City. I'm not against it. I'm not against banning certain guns. I'm not against making it harder to obtain guns. But I just – I really don't think that's the solution. And Eric Adams, it's a, it's a joke. Don't they realize how much of a joke it is to bring him – to testify, uh, all right, the WHO is demanding more evidence. here we go. It's like Eric Adams he's going to talk about the guns, and then the WHO is supposed to help prevent the pandemic. they They literally conspired with China to cover up the pandemic and spread it. Uh, but the WHO and then of course Trump pulled funding from the WHO, defunded the WHO, which was the correct move, and of course Biden refunded Biden restored funding. To the WHO, which is it's, it's egregious, it's inexplicable. So meanwhile, now the WHO finally, finally is demanding more evidence from China about the origins of COVID. Because you remember how the WHO tried to cover up the the, the, the possibility that it leaked out of a, the Wuhan lab. And come on, we all know the most likely scenario is that it leaked out of the Wuhan lab. But the WHO, they sent a delegation to China to investigate, but that was a joke because those people they sent were all in the pockets of the Chinese government. They were all they all connected somehow to the Wuhan lab and to the Chinese Communist Party in control. So they came out with this bogus report, and the WHO then said, "We don't take the report seriously. The report was a joke." Saying, "Oh well, China's exonerated. They did nothing wrong." So now the WHO is—they've totally done a 180, and they're saying. Wait a second. You know We're open to all theories, the lab leak theory. Well, where have they been all this time? It's been, it's been two and a half years, and trust me, the evidence is now long gone. They're saying to China, you haven't produced enough evidence. We need more evidence about the, um, the origins of the, of, of the virus, and, and maybe it leaked out of a lab. Well, where have you been? Don't you get it? China, they destroyed the evidence, and, and, and don't you think that's why the WHO has waited all this time? But either way, remember when – at least it's being admitted now – By the WHO and and, and other mainstream, so called mainstream scientists, that the lab leak theory is a likely scenario. Remember when it was just Trump being crazy? Remember when it was just like a conspiracy theory? Oh, that Trump, you know, he's just, he always wants to incriminate China. You know, why would we think that China would be negligent and allow the, 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 the COVID to leak out of a lab, even though Obama, Obama literally sent a team of scientists. When he was president, Obama sent a team of of, of American scientists to to inspect the lab, the Wuhan lab, and they reported back to Obama. They said this is a leak waiting to happen. They said there are all these viruses that, 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 that were being kept stored in the lab, and they said that the security, the safety in the lab was dreadful there's so much evidence that points to this but it used to just be a conspiracy theory that trump made up so now finally the establishment is catching on but number one no bat has ever been found they say it they say it was transmitted from a bat no bat has ever been found that actually had covid-19 the virus and uh there are no bats that, you know there there really are no bats in the the wuhan area is a very is a very uh urban area so the bats that would have come from live like hundreds of miles away in caves also, um there are viruses in the Wuhan lab that are like almost identical to the COVID virus or, or very, very closely resemble. And remember, multiple scientists who were working in the Wuhan lab. Remember back in 2019, before the virus was publicly spread, before anybody even knew about it in November 2019, it turns out has been confirmed by by you know by the mainstream media at least that um, there were scientists Chinese scientists working in the Wuhan lab who were hospitalized with a mystery flu back in November of 2019 which would have, which that, that would be exactly the timeline when when it leaked from the lab assuming it leaked from the lab so that's really weird that scientists who worked in the Wuhan lab were basically the first ones to get COVID I think they even went back and retroactively tested them and they actually did have COVID they had some blood samples from then or something along those lines so. A little bit of a bizarre coincidence there. All right. We got to talk about the January 6th committee. And look, this whole thing is a joke. It's a circus. But as you've heard, they're doing the Nancy Pelosi's January 6th committee, which, by the way, Liz Cheney is one of the leaders. She's going to get ousted. I believe that she's going to lose um, the primary. We'll have to see. But, you know, she really has made Trump and the Republicans a big time enemy. And um, she's one of the leaders of this January 6th. Committee, but they're doing this this whole primetime production these primetime hearings and it's not hearings this is not hearings it's just a show they're just they're putting on it's like a it's literally like a drama it's like they, it's like a scripted movie where you know they're just like editing all these splicing together and editing all these clips to try to make it seem like somehow they're incriminating Trump for January 6th. I don't even want to focus on this because it's a total sham this whole January 6th thing the Democrats actually, brought it about. It's pretty clear. You know, if you look at how it all played out, the Democrats, they wanted it to happen. They kind of encouraged it to happen, as I'm going to explain. So now they're staging this. This is They are so desperate because they are going to lose so bad in November. And Biden is the worst president ever. And and and, and the poll numbers are dreadful for congressional seats in the midterm elections in November. So like this is their last ditch effort. They have nothing. The Democrats have nothing at all to run on so they're hinging everything on January 6th as though anybody cares. People care about buying groceries and how expensive it is. People care about the price of gas, which just – it just keeps going up and up. It's, it's, it's unheard of how high gas prices are. None of us have ever seen anything like this. Filling up just a small tank of gas costs $60, 70 $80, $90, you know, dollars just to literally just take a short trip. And uh, summer's coming. So people are furious, are livid about the cost of gas. They don't care about January 6th. Nobody cares except Pelosi and Liz Cheney nobody cares about january 6th but they're hoping frantically desperately that somebody's actually going to care so but the whole thing is fake it's literally being produced by a top executive from from the abc network and it's it's like a hollywood production this is not politics this is this is theater um and they're editing these videos of like testimony of jared kushner and and others they're deliberately trying to incriminate them even though they did nothing nothing wrong um but here's what's incredible. You know, like how long, like how long do we have to hear about January 6th? I mean, are they going to pull this out in like 2024 also? Like is this going to be their game plan? I hope so because I think it's going to be a disaster. <laughs> but but like how long do you think January 6th can keep going? And it was a setup. It was a setup by Pelosi because remember, Trump wanted, he requested, right? They they blame Trump. Somehow he wanted the breach of the Capitol. He wanted violence. He wanted an insurrection, right? Trump requested the National Guard, he requested 10,000 National Guard troops to be there on January 6th, and yet Pelosi and the Democrats refused to to call in the National Guard. How does that make any sense? Because they wanted the insurrection in the Capitol. Remember, police allowed a lot of the protesters to come in. There are literally videos of this where the police is letting them in. I mean, this is the U.S. Capitol. I want you to understand, this is not like some like second-rate restaurant that like, people infiltrate this is the U.S. Capitol, the most secure building on the planet. It cannot be breached. Unless the Democrats in charge wanted it to be breached, it cannot be breached. So this had to be their plan was to set up an insurrection because they wanted to impeach Trump. They were hoping that enough Republicans would actually vote to convict. Remember, they had whatever, Mitt Romney, they had Liz Cheney, a bunch of bunch of Republicans in the House voting to impeach Trump. So this was like their desperation, their attempt. They, they set it up. They set the whole thing up, and um, and it's totally backfiring now. By the way, because I really believe that voters are going to be turned off by this. It's like, how are you wasting time with this nonsense when the economy is tanking and people cannot afford basic groceries and basic supplies, and people cannot afford? And now they're talking about a possible food shortage. And remember about the baby formula. And by the way, I heard a clip on CNN a couple of nights ago. You know, they were like recapping the first night of the January sixth hearings. And one of the pundits on CNN, I think Don Lemon was the anchor, and one of the pundits says, "Well, you know, um, they're doing this because uh, they, you know, they want to help uh, give Democrats an edge in the election. They're doing this because the, the midterms are coming, and they're trying to to woo voters away from Trump and the Republicans, and you know, gain more support for the Democrats by by by, by displaying the horrors, the atrocity of January 6th. And Don Lemon actually called out the pundit John Don lemon said that's a Republican talking point Don Lemon from CNN he says that this is a Democrat pundit, and the Democrat pundit was just being honest and saying, Look they're doing this because they want to win the election and Don lemon's like no that's not why they're doing it because this is a really big deal. This was an insurrection like in other words, what happened was this pundit didn't even realize what he, what he's saying is he's really you know impugning Pelosi what he's really doing is he's really um uh, criticizing and condemning Pelosi throwing Pelosi under the bus because this is not what you're supposed to be doing you're not supposed to be putting on political theater you're not supposed to be using a congressional hearing as your own political PR stunt but that's exactly what's happening this is on all the primetime networks except for Fox of course because you know Fox knows better than to do this thankfully but uh th- th- that's what they're doing they're, u- they're using the networks the news networks and congressional hearing as like their own personal you know for for, for political purposes their own personal campaign forum right so that's not that's not a good thing. So th- this, this pundit is like, well, you know, we have to admit there is a political angle to it too. But 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 he was just telling the truth. And of course, that's the reality. But CNN, Don Lemon, they're pushing back on that because no, no, they would never dare as though like, you know, Pelosi's above that. You know, she would never use a congressional hearing as a setting to, to advance her own political agenda. Uh, the UN is holding a forum on nuclear disarmament and it's being headed by North Korea. North Korea is headed if you ever if in case you ever need it more proof which you don't that the UN is a complete sham it is a joke it it, it is a circus the the UN it, it it is the most egregious corrupt agency body organization in that has ever existed and uh literally this seals that that for you locks it up no turning back North Korea. Has been given temporary control over the UN forum on nuclear disarmament. Uh, they have this rotation; they do this several times a year. Uh, they're doing it in Geneva, and North Korea routinely tests nuclear missiles. They're under heavy, intense sanctions from everyone on the planet, and North Korea they routinely defy the sanctions and test nuclear missiles, launch them right near Japan, you know, right near South Korea, and and what's amazing is. The other countries did not protest this. This is this is outrageous that it was not protested because New, I mean you can't make it up. North Korea is is leading the forum on nuclear disarmament for the UN. I mean, North Korea shouldn't even be a part of the UN. It, it, it's like inviting Osama bin Laden. It's it's like inviting Al Qaeda to be you know, part of the the, the nuclear dis- disarmament forum. And uh, fifth, listen to this, nobody walked out. Fifty countries expressed concern, concern about North Korea's role in leading this forum. And they spoke out and they discussed how bad it is. Um, I'll tell you what Ned Price said in a moment, U.S. State Department spokesman. But not a single one actually walked out of the room in protest. So that tells you everything. It's just, it, literally, they just go through the motions. They go and make their statements of protest, but they don't care. They don't mean it. They're perfectly fine with it. They're not actually going to stand up against this. So here's what Ned Price said, quote, it certainly does call into question when you have a regime like the DPRK, that is the, of course, North Korea, in a senior leadership post, a regime that has done as much as any other government around the world to erode the non-proliferation forum. Even that statement is just so pitifully weak. Um, all right. We got a lot to get to out of Iran here. But I also want to get to – how should we do this? I guess we're going to – this is taking longer than I expected, unfortunately. So I guess we're going to leave Iran for – Um, the next show, and essentially Iran, they're like getting rid of surveillance cameras so that the UN cannot spy on their nuclear program. And, you know, it really begs the question, like, what is even the point of of these surveillance cameras? Because it's a joke. We know they're enriching uranium to a very high degree of purity. They are literally weeks away, by all estimates, they are weeks away from a nuclear bomb. They're weeks away from nuclear bomb. So like, why is this even a? Th- yeah, it, it certainly looks very ugly that they're removing a bunch of surveillance cameras from their nuclear facilities. But like, we're watching the, them on camera. They're te- like, you don't need the camera. They're telling us we are enriching uranium to high degree of purity. The camera confirms it. But like, they're telling us they're breaching it. Everyone knows they're breaching it. Nothing's being done to stop it or, or enforce the nuclear deal, which is still intact. The nuclear deal is still intact. Trump backed out of it, pulled out of it, but plenty of other countries are still in it. You know, including France and Germany. So like, like, what's the difference? What, what does it matter if there are cameras in nuclear facilities or not if we know they're breaching it and nothing's being done to enforce it? I mean, Iran, they're just like laughing at everybody right now because they've just literally been allowed to develop nuclear weapons and they're having talks, Biden, back and forth, they stall, they have another round, ninth round, tenth round, didn't get anywhere, and it's like meanwhile the Iranians are laughing all the way to a nuke. All right, but I do want to get to, as I said, this deal, this um deal that's been – um negotiated between Republicans and Democrats and it seems right now they have finalized a deal in the Senate although again they need other de- the other Democrats to agree. So let me explain what uh, what's you know what the details are over here. 20 senators, 20 senators, 10 Democrat senators, 10 Republican senators have negotiated a deal. So these 20 senators have now signed on. As you can imagine, it's kind of the more moderate Republicans, you know, like Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, and then the more moderate Democrats. So I suspect we know, obviously, many, many Republicans, you know, conservative Republicans who are pro-Second Amendment are not going to be on board this deal, even though it's a it's a very watered down version, very watered down version of what the Democrats were pushing for. Biden has said he likes this deal. But you know, it really doesn't give the Democrats – as I'm reading it, I'll explain. The Democrats are getting very little out of this deal, but um, I think really the Democrats are going to be the ones to sabotage this deal. I I, I could be wrong. We'll see how it all plays out. But I think a lot of Democrats are going to say, no, this doesn't go far enough, and they're going to be the ones – because all you need is 10 Republicans if all the Democrats are on board. So here are the details. They're basically listing nine specific areas that they are going to improve and strengthen when it comes to gun laws. But – what I'm not seeing here is any of the trademark uh, issues that um, the Democrats have insisted on. I'm not seeing any of those. So when you talk about universal background checks, this, does, this this deal does not include universal background checks, meaning background checks for every single firearm transaction. When you talk about um, raising the minimum purchase age to age 21 – That's not included in this deal. When you talk about uh, what they call an assault weapons ban, even though it's not really an assault weapon, but like they want to ban AR-15 rifles and similar rifles, semi-automatic rifles, that is not included in this deal. So this is like not really – I don't see any real concessions here by the Republicans. I think the Democrats are making a lot of concessions. So I'm really curious to see how this this plays out. So of the nine points, I won't go through all the points right now, but most of them either – it's like three categories. They either enforce the current laws. It's like there are already current laws on the books about background checks. They just, they just make it stronger. So they make it more likely. And again, they could do that without a bill. They could just enforce the background checks. A lot of these background checks really don't cover a lot of the issues that they should. So that's number one. Number two, licensing laws. Uh, on the books. You know, some of these some of these are enforcing licensing laws. So, like um, you know, what what's considered a licensed firearm dealer, that sort of thing. So they're going to like define, you know, because if somebody's an FFL, if somebody's a federal firearm licensed dealer, then uh a background check is required to buy it from them. So this is like going to define that and maybe it's going to add a few, you know, what's called somebody who's federally licensed and it's also going to try to improve the way that we deal with mental health issues. So essentially it's going to try to help the states um deal with mental health, not really related to guns per se, but they just want to deal with people who have mental health issues to to make sure that they're not able to obtain a gun, but not not really red flag laws. There's no there's no like federal red flag law. That's another big one the Democrats want, but there's no federal red flag law in this deal. It's more like they're going to work state by state and kind of help the states form their own red flag laws if they want to. Or if not, just, you know, make sure that they're at least treating people who have mental health issues in the proper way. In addition, people under twenty-one will have an enhanced background check. So it's not like under twenty one will not be allowed to purchase a gun, but under twenty one will have an enhanced background check according to this bill. So they will still be able to buy a gun, but there will be like a waiting period and there'll be more more it'll be more difficult for someone under twenty one. So none of these really have any teeth. As I said, you know what do the Democrats really want the Democrats they want the what they call assault rifle ban, even though it's not really an assault rifle but that's what they call it. they want uh universal background checks they want red flag laws, federal red flag laws and uh you know those are the those are the main things that, that they'll and they want to they, they want the minimum purchase age to be twenty one not eighteen They're not getting any of those in this deal. they're not you know all they're basically doing is more of a focus on treating people with mental health issues maybe maybe. You know, in in some states, it'll be easier to prevent people who have mental health issues from obtaining a gun. But it doesn't sound like that's going to be federal. It sounds like that's going to be geared toward the states. So it's not going to affect any state that doesn't want to pass those laws. They're, you know, they're going to help states pass red flag laws, but only if they want to. You know, and they're they're going to make tougher background checks for people under age 21, and they're going to define the laws on the books with, with more clarity. So if there's a law on the book about background checks. You know, it's not going to make background checks if somebody buys a gun from their next door neighbor, but I guess they're going to define, you know, what's called a licensed dealer a little bit differently or whatever, or more strictly. So it's really almost no concessions. And I've said before, I'm not against gun control, but like the the, the Democrats, they just want to ignore like all the other like low hanging fruit. Like there are so many ways right now that you could prevent mass shootings that are simpler and and probably more effective than. Passing gun legislation, and the Democrats say, "Let's ignore all of those, like you know, like hardening schools, like having an armed guard in every single school, for example. Let's ignore all of those, and let's just focus on banning guns." And and I say, if you want to ban guns, let's have that conversation. But we got to be doing all the other things and the simpler things that what I call the low hanging fruit. But either way, you know, what is this deal all about? Two possibilities here. It's possible that the Democrats, and we really haven't seen much bipartisan legislation in a long time, but uh, you know, other than spending bills, because we know Republicans love spending just like Democrats, but uh, other than Rand Paul, right? So it's one of two options here. Either the the, the leftist Democrats, you know, the more liberal Democrats, either they're going to be on board here and they're going to say, "Listen, we'll take this. It's a first step. At least it's something. It's better than nothing," because we got ten Republicans on board. I don't think so. I think because you know, it has to go back to the House. I think that in the House, Ocasio and the Squad, they're going to try to sabotage this deal. There's a narrow margin in the House, so they're going to need, you know, virtually every Democrat on board in the House. I don't think they're going to get it. I think a lot of a, a lot of the more radical leftists and especially the socialists in the House are going to say, no, this is not a deal. This is a non starter And even in the Senate, I'm curious because they need every single Democrat in the Senate. You Because know, I don't think they're going to get more than 10 Republicans. I could be wrong. Maybe they'll get more Republicans on board. We'll have to see. But I doubt it. So what I think is really happening here – so it's possible. It's possible the Democrats are just going to say, listen, we'll just follow along – This is a good deal. It's better than nothing. It's not great, but we'll take it. I I don't think so. I think the Democrats are going to say, a lot of liberal Democrats are going to say, I'm not interested. This deal is a joke. We're making too many concessions. The Republicans are making none. And I think the Democrats are going to sabotage this deal, but I may be wrong. It's really hard to know. So it's possible that the Democrats will be on board. Either way, it's a win for Republicans because Republicans are making zero concessions. What I think is going to happen is I think the Republicans planned it this way, where the Democrats are going to be the ones to sabotage this. The liberals like Ocasio-Cortez and a lot of radicals, even though Cory Booker's on this deal, but I think Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, they're going to say no way. And then the Republicans are going to say, look at that, we tried, and they're going to blame the Democrats. They're going to, the Republicans then have a great talking point. We cooperated, we compromised, we gave in. You, you, you know, we, we worked with 10 Democrats, and, and, you know, including some high, high profile names like Cory Booker and others. We cut a deal. We, 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 we cut a bipartisan package. So Republicans made concessions on gun laws. Republicans are willing to pass gun legislation. All you need is 10 to block the filibuster. And guess what? The Democrats are the ones who refuse to come to the table. So it's a win-win for Republicans. But if the Democrats do end up tanking this bill and the Democrats are the ones who actually sabotage this bill, then the Republicans look masterful here because they said, listen, we tried. We tried to pass gun control laws. And it's the Democrats who are the ones that don't want to do this. The Democrats are the ones who made this fail. And that would be Politically a disaster for the Democrats and a huge victory for Republicans. If it does pass, I still think it's a win because, like I said, the Republicans are really not making very many concessions. Yeah, the NRA, you know, a lot of the gun, the gun rights people, they're worried about the slip, slippery slope, not the gun, the, yeah, the people who want to own guns, the pro-second amendment people, right? They're going to say, this is just the first step. They're starting to take away our guns. And, you know, they're going to try to take that approach and make everybody scared. But bottom line, it doesn't have a lot of teeth. That's going to do it for today. And we will see you next time.